0: The second thing that my inner mentor has telling me is that I am not powerless, I am empowered. And the more I know, the more I am empowered, and the more I can help others to be empowered as well.
1: Welcome to Successful, the podcast, a show about the stories of women redefining success. We're your hosts. I'm Carla and I'm Natalie. Like you, we're two career women figuring out the meaning of success. In each episode, we bring you our stories and the stories of other women who are redefining success in life, in work, and on their own terms. Welcome everybody to another episode of successful the podcast today is a really special episode it is the last episode of our first season on the air which is really, really exciting. It's a huge milestone that I, Carla, am extremely proud of. And of course, I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Natalie Burke, with whom this would not have been at all possible. We've been on such a journey together. Hey, Natalie, how do you feel about being on our episode number 20?
2: Hey, Carla, I mean, I I honestly cannot believe that we've been able to stick to it for this long. I'm really proud of us. I just was talking to you before this about how it's been a year since we actually got the ball rolling on the podcast. It's been over a year since we started talking about it, Um, and it's just flown by. I mean, it took us months and months to actually get it started, so I'm just really proud of what we've created and looking forward to all that we'll create in the future.
1: Me too. Yeah. It did take us a while to get things off the ground. But we were working mm-hmm. in the in the background. And then finally on International Women's Day of this year, 2022, we we're like, okay, there's no better time than this week. And we lost go time. And <laughs> we have been, yeah, working hard and learning and meeting incredible women really throughout the whole process. That has been, I'd say one of the most rewarding parts of of this experience is getting to meet amazing women that are redefining success for themselves and going after their dreams and saying yes to those dreams. And today is no different. We have a wonderful guest with us, someone who shares my Mexican heritage, someone who I met back when I lived in, in Dallas. And she's someone who has been doing incredibly impactful work for the lives of Latinas living in the United States. I'm super excited for everybody to meet our guest for this final episode of Season 1, Aide Granados. Hello, Aide.
0: Hi, Carla. Hi, Natalie. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so honored to be part of the Successful Podcast and... I'm so proud of you too. I mean, I I heard that Natalie was saying I'm proud of you, Carla, but I'm so proud of both of you. (laughs) Congratulations on this endeavor and an adventure. So thank you so much and happy to be
1: here with you and your audience. Thank you. Yes, and you're a podcaster yourself. You have the podcast Supervive and I had the great honor of being a guest on your podcast a few weeks ago. And so I really appreciate those congratulations because I know that you know how much work it takes to to have a podcast yes. and keep it going. Yeah. So I really thank you for making the time to join us today in, in this really special episode. And I'm really excited to get into what you do and the the very impactful work that you you do through an organization that you launched a few years ago called Rosa es es Rojo in Spanish. It means pink is red in English. Mm -hmm. And this is an organization that empowers Hispanic women in the United States to care for their wellness and prevent cancer through education and community support. I'm so curious for you to tell us the story about What inspired you to to launch this very important organization? Rosas Rojo
0: has been there, out there since 2016. It's going to be six years now. And when I think about inspiration, the inspiration that I had, it was a need what, what inspired me, a need that I just recognized and a need that I was just also living. Let me just share with you a little bit more of details about that. I'm Mexican, as, as Carla, you were saying. I'm immigrant in this country since 2012. It has been 10 years that I'm living here. And I'm also a cancer, breast cancer survivor m- myself since 2013. It's going to be 10 years next year. So I, I'm also celebrating that. But I, I remember that I had arrived to live in this country just one year before my diagnosis. So I was pretty new in in the United States, no family, no friends, no even my in-laws around me. And then I just received that diagnosis. I was familiar with cancer because my grandmother, my mom, my dad, my stepmom, my best friend, I I lost them to cancer. Yes, I'm familiar. But at the same time, when you receive that, that news, and you are without the support of that community or family, it could be devastating. But I I was just starting my cancer journey without knowing more about statistics or the problem that other Hispanics or Hispanic community here in the United States were were living. So I was just starting to research, to to study, because I, I really love, I'm very curious about, you know, the things that are happening around myself. So... And I I just discovered that according to American Cancer Society, cancer was and is still the leading cause of death among Hispanics living in this country. And, And then I learned little by little that one in three Hispanic women living in this country will be diagnosed with cancer. So I decided to take action. I have a daughter. I have two sisters. I have a lot of friends. I have a community and so I say, well, this is this is something that, that we definitely need to do something. And I, I don't like that um sense of you know that feeling of being powerless. So I was just looking for ways to be empowered by this, you know, oh, this is the reality that we have these statistics, but there is something that that I can do, right? I mean, other I mean, more than the 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 chemotherapies and radiations and surgeries. If you have the privilege to have that, but to say, what 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 else can I do? What else can we do as a community to, to, to change the the problem, the need that that we have? So the good news that I found is that at least 42% of all cancer cases have roots in an unhealthy lifestyle or unhealthy behaviors again, according to American Cancer Society and according to the CDC Foundation. So that was, I think, my aha moment when I was just living that cancer journey, learning about the statistics, finding the good news about healthy lifestyle to prevent cancer and other chronic diseases, of course. That's why Rosa S. Rojo today is making wellness and cancer prevention something accessible to the Hispanic women and their families. So educating us, educating them on the topics of, for example, nutrition, mental health, physical activity, which is part of the healthy behaviors that we want to promote. And also using, that I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later, using culturally um, humility, culturally relevant content, and also the community care, we can change the things that are not working. We can change the numbers. So if we can just imagine that if we change the way we eat, we think, we move, we feel, I think we are going to be in a better position to prevent cancer and other chronic diseases and, and being just be a
1: more resilient and more, you know, happy um, community. Wow. Thank you for, for sharing that. And what an amazing way of bringing your experience, you know, and having so many people around you, I didn't realize that they, that there were so many people close to you that that you witnessed and, and lost to cancer. I'm, um, you know... W- What an admirable way to turn those experiences into something truly impactful and something impactful as an immigrant, you know, coming to the United States and very quickly turning your knowledge and and experience and passion into something that's truly making a difference. So I truly admire that, Aide. And you mentioned that everything that you do through Rosas Rojo is really about education, community support around health, around the behaviors around health. And I'm curious to know if or what, what is behind those behaviors for Hispanic women specifically? Like, is it Hispanic women that have unique behaviors, maybe due to culture, due to expectations, that lead them to have these lifestyles that can lead to cancer? Or is there something that affects all women?
0: I would say, like, it is a combination of uh, different factors, Carla. First is, like, when, when we arrived... Uh, Here, I mean, as an immigrant, right? Um, We are leaving behind many, many things, many roots, you know, that we are losing. So I remember, I'm going to just give you an example. The first, I mean, my first month here, I was thinking that I was cooking healthy, right? I mean, I, because I, I, I was just going to the supermarket and everything was frozen. I was impressed with the options that I had, that in 15 minutes I had a lasagna or, I don't know things like that, right? I mean, say, but I yes, I just left the 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 way that I was eating or even buying my my groceries. So just just to give you an example about the healthy eating, no. Later, I would say like mental health, definitely all the barriers that we are gonna find. I I was missing, of course, my family and my friends and my you know the way that I was communicating, even my work because I just had to deal again with my professional life was back there and I was just to start something new here. And of course, well, the physical activity and the, just to have a community I didn't have a community. So little by little right now, of course, I have a, a community that is my family. I, I, my chosen family, but, but I also, I, that's just my example. And I, I, I understand. And then I, I know that I had privileges like, for example, facing a cancer without medical insurance is not the same like having a medical insurance, right? I, I could understand a little bit because 10 years ago, I mean, I I wasn't practicing English a lot, but uh, about what the doctors was telling me about my cancer or my treatments, some other words were, you know, super difficult to me. My husband is American, so he, of course he was helping me all, all the way. But I think it's a combination of factors about... Leaving behind some roots, some way of life, facing some adversities. Not all of us, I, I would say, like can face adversities in the same way. Um, not all of us, we have that resilience muscle uh, developed in the same way. So we need just to face that. And if we add that, not to my 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 story, but the story of. Of many Hispanics living in the U.S., uh, that they have the biggest uh, health disparities or health barrier that they have is the, the language. The language they don't speak English, okay? So they they don't go to 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 the doctor. So when we find cancer, sometimes it's too late, right? Because all the treatment. I mean, it's like let let's see what we can do, but and they don't have a that 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 insurance that they can. There is also a cultural portion of this that they are afraid of going going to the doctor. Sometimes they don't have legal uh, documents, so they are afraid of going to the doctor, just give my name, maybe give my phone number, and what's going to happen with my family, with my job. So th- there is a lot of things going around the Hispanics living in the United States. Poverty, 20% of the Hispanics living here are living be- be- below the poverty line. So when we combine all those factors, we we can see that, yes, if 42% of all cancer cases have roots in unhealthy behaviors or lifestyles, we can be more, I would say, like, you know, um, propensos, I don't know the word in English, Carla, you, you can help me, you know, to yeah. maybe to to be diagnosed with cancer.
1: Yeah, we're, we're more likely to be diagnosed yes. with cancer. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning all of those those issues. I feel like as soon as I asked the question, I was answering the question to myself, given my experience, which is certainly everybody's experience is unique. But I also immigrated to the United States when I was when I went to college and I was thinking back as you were speaking about, like. I certainly adopted very unhealthy behaviors when I arrived in the United States. Part of it was it was a cultural change, even though my mom's American and I grew up speaking English. Just the stress of leaving, like you say, like your supportive community behind, like your family, your friends, what you know. I remember growing up to our food was much more made from scratch. And even living in Mexico earlier this year, it was so easy to buy really <laughs> cheap and really good fruits and vegetables because everything is, you know, so much is grown there, right? And so it's so um, so much more accessible than it can be in the United States. And so, yeah, so I can see how that part, and then certainly um, as you were talking about legal status and not knowing the language, I mean, there, I can imagine that there are a lot of fears around not wanting to share your details and your physical, your health information for fear of being deported or or whatnot. I mean, these are, are really impactful and, and really important things to consider that definitely influence the ability of Hispanic women in the United States to to know some of those more healthy behaviors. So I'm curious to know how 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 you teach and how you reach women to learn and and adopt more of those those cancer preventing type behaviors and mindsets even.
0: Yes, when when we realize about this need and and I was just first I mean before Rosas Rojo, I was just you know uh, making the research and studying for myself and my family, and then I just learn about this and say, well, this has to be something, you know, bigger than just my my house or or my family. I remember that I found a lot of information out there. I mean, there are a, there is a lot of information out there. Most of them are in English and information to prevent cancer and to cure, but not rooted in my Hispanic culture. So as a Hispanic, yes, I, I, I am flexible. And then I know that I'm going to be involved in the same culture. My husband, as I was just sharing, he is American, but I, I also if I want something to resonate with myself, and then just to be ready to replicate that, that's something that be has to be connected with my roots. So I remember that the first time that I went to the nutritionist, she was, you know, saying that it was important to eat the rainbow and you know have more salads, just to give you an example, and, and say, well, I, I didn't like back then a plate, you know, my plate with, with salad. But I I mean just tell me about. Cucumber or jicama with lemon juice or lime juice and chili flakes on top, and I'm totally eating. You know, I can eat the rainbow in a different way. Same with with the mental health and the emotional part. I mean, we are huggers and we are no, no, noisy, right? I mean, and I was, you know, say, well, well, what's happening with my doctor that he's not even shaking hands with me, or I don't know. So, so what we are doing to to reach and and just to to have an effective wellness and community cancer prevention program is we we are just meeting the hispanic women that we serve where they are maybe they are eating healthy right now maybe they they are you know i don't know having troubles with eating healthy or, or doing some exercise or something so meeting them where they are it's for us one of the most important values and we want to accompany them we we are not going to give to tell them what to do we are just talking about the change in 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 the habits that we have how to have a healthier lifestyle and then we provide this community because if we want the changes to be attainable and sustainable we need we need a community i mean it's maybe i am super excited and motivated to run 1 mile every day or uh, run i just ran a marathon a couple of it was 3 months ago but without the support of my 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 body you know my community the runners that i that i have that was not going to be was not going to be possible so so we provide that um culturally relevant information we provide and we help them to provide that community care that we have some even we have an app a virtual community that they can just get together share recipes, I don't know, songs that it's going to help us to be more, you know, happier or exercises. We have live classes every week and so on um, and meet them where they are without, you know, judging how, how come that you are just doing this or that. So we are just accompanying them. And that's the way that we are, I think, building a more, yes, resilient and healthier, Hispanic community. And when when we are talking about Hispanic women, it's not that we don't care about Hispanic men. Uh, In the the Hispanic culture, Hispanic women are like, like a bridge, right? I'm pretty sure that in most cultures, but in the Hispanic culture, we take decisions about, yes, many decisions related to how to have a healthier lifestyle. So that's why we work with women as a gateway to the family. To the community to the workplace and and it's working it's working that's
2: amazing i've actually i've heard that before um when you educate a woman you educate their community a village the yes. village yeah i think it's so impactful and i i really love that you've taken this extremely difficult situation that you faced and turned it into something so positive for other people i just think that's a sign of your own resilience but I'm sure as you were creating this foundation, um, this nonprofit, you had so many moments of doubt and uncertainty, um, along with, you know, the uncertainty probably of your diagnosis. So how did you deal with all of those feelings that were coming up as you were creating this extremely important um, nonprofit? I was not expecting like a smooth and easy road.
0: There are moments of doubt and insecurity and I, I think that those moments is where my inner critic you know is taking control and saying the things that I don't want to hear either right? you cannot do it this is ridiculous or I mean what, what are you thinking about this but then I just need to be I would say like the first thing is just to be in contact with my inner mentor as as I don't know if you have read the book uh, one book that that is called "Playing Big," that and she talks a lot about the inner mentor. So just connect with my inner inner mentor to to have those golden nuggets, right? And say, I, I just I think this this work, I think um, this endeavor, social endeavor is important. So how can I just get you know pass through all these um, things that I'm just maybe thinking or feeling? The the first thing I think that that my inner mentor has made it clear is that here I am not fighting I am embracing those are the first words that I just wanted to share with you I am not fighting I'm embracing and yes one of the biggest um, uncertainties is the notion to be a survivor (coughs) I'm sorry as a survivor I can imagine myself to be like in a battle right many people used to call me fighter you are a fighter and even in english or in spanish i don't like th- that word i just have to share with you that i i don't like that word so it was until i decided not to be in a battle that i just started to change that mindset because I was losing energy. So when, when you are in a battle, when you are fighting, I am not in a battle, I'm not a fighter. And and at, at that point, I, I was just losing energy and I just started to gain energy. So I decided, I remember that it was just one, one simple day that I decided to embrace, in, in my case, my, my cancer journey and learn from the process. So And it was a, a good decision because I think it opened um, like a window to improve my well-being and the way that I was valuing my life and the love and the reverence that I have for all the things that that was, things that were happening around my, my life and the life of my that my loved ones. So the the I understand today that cancer journey is life is a lifelong journey. So embracing instead of fighting has been a great resource. The second thing that my inner mentor has telling me is that I am not powerless. I am empowered. And the more I know, the more I am empowered. And the more I can help others to be empowered as well. I mean, I just sharing that that knowledge or that experience. So just doing Rosas Rojo, uh, it, it is my vocation. It is my call. After many years, I just discovered that. So it's helping me to feel empowered by empowering others. So I I can say that I am empowered by my community. I am empowered by my adversities. I am empowered by my family, my friends, by my faith. Um, Yes, I need a lot of um, humility to keep learning, but it has been a decision and and I'm glad with that. And the third thing that my inner mentor has shared with me is that I am not alone. So when I feel that this work is not worth it or it's too difficult or I don't know what to do or... Uh, I just remember that I am not alone and I choose to live with amazing human beings, uh, with a community, and we can make the changes together. Um, so that, that's beautiful. Just together we can create a, that like ripple effect. One drop at a time, one day at a time, one action at a time. It's not only Aide, but it's also Natalie and Carla and Nathan and Paco and Maria that we are just doing all, something together. And that that is just pure inspiration for for my for those days when I have doubts and
1: uncertainties. So much wisdom there, they I started taking notes as you were sharing all that. I love this idea of the the inner mentor in my coach training. We call it your higher coach, and and we all have this yes. this inner voice that can either we can either choose to listen to it when it's telling us that we can't do it. What are we thinking? You know, how could you? or we can choose to listen to that higher coach or inner mentor that is telling us, "Hey, look at this amazing life experience or or difficult life experience that you've had. You can choose to see that as a learning opportunity, as an opportunity for growth. And every experience and knowledge that we have, that all feeds our intuition which we can learn to really listen to." So I love how specific you've gotten with your inner mentor around how healing is something that you you talked about how it's it's gonna take it you're you're still healing right like you're still learning from that experience of having cancer and that idea of being empowered and and choosing to use those experiences as as almost like your your tools to meet that vocational calling that you've had and then that little drop at a time I love that idea that we're all in it together and I think it's sometimes easy to be like oh well Maybe I'm not Latina or I haven't been impacted by cancer, but at the end of the day, these health mindsets and behaviors, it's universal, right? And I and I love how you're using women as a channel to reach families, therefore reaching everybody. So I, there's just so much wisdom there. I, I really am learning so much from you, as always. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, learning, I'm learning from yeah. you, too. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the higher
0: coach. I love that. So that's yeah. going to be part of my my notes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really about tapping into that inner knowledge that, that we have that's fed by our experience, by our lessons, by the people around us. I mean, nothing is wasted in life because yes. all of that is forming this higher coach or this inner mentor that has so much wisdom to offer us if if we can just listen. So I'm curious to know, Um, so as you know, the name of this podcast is Successful, and that's because Natalie and I believe that as women, we all have the opportunity to decide what success means to us personally. There's going to be a lot of people around us that are going to be telling us what success means. I was just having a conversation with a guy this morning over coffee. He was like, this society in the United States like tells you what success needs to be. Right. And we can choose to listen to that meaning. And and it might be different definitions. It can be like really hard work or you can't enjoy life until you retire. Like these beliefs that are ingrained to us or or, are thrown at us. Or we can choose to define what that success means to us in a way that allows us to live fully and with joy. And so therefore, I guess my question for you is a long introduction to this question, which is, what does success mean to you now? Like, what is the the chosen definition that you have adopted for yourself of success? And how has it evolved over your lifetime? Yes, I, I was thinking
0: in the evolution, just to share with you what success means now, I was just thinking uh, about idea. 25 years ago, when I was just finishing college, and I remember that I wanted to be successful, of course, maybe I just, I was just talking about that, of course, with many people. And and for me, I mean, back then, I was just thinking of, of idea, uh, having a good job, you know, in a good company, in the corporate world, with, with a good salary and recognition, maybe in the you know, in the first page of a newspaper. or I mean, that was a success for me. I said, well, yes, I'll be there one day. I have to work hard. Uh, but the, the truth is that I, I think back then I didn't have time or maybe I didn't have a good guide gui- guidance to think about my, my guiding principles, my core values. I, w- I was following others. I was listening to others without giving a th- you know, a time for my, for my, my heart, my, just to connect my heart with my mind. And, you know, so many years later, I would say many, many, many years later, after a lot of, in in Spanish we said metidas de pata, you know, decisions that, yes, distance me from the values that, that, that I have. I think I started to connect with myself and, and just to question what, what is my North Star? I mean what the North Star is gonna give me direction. So what 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 is giving me direction? My guiding principles that I have them here, right? I mean I, I I don't have a good memory, so I just like to see them every single day because they are helping me right now to take to make decisions. So it was not complicated at the end, just to to have the time to think about my guiding principles and discover them. Yes, I, I had Maybe a, a crisis, or maybe in the way, uh, cancer could be one of them. Leaving my country and my family and my friends, my 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 comfort zone, my work. Um, yes, losing people that I love, but all these circumstances, as, as you were saying, Carla, we we can learn from that. And today, I can recognize that they help me to think about what I value the mo the most and what is success today for me. And that's why I think after 25 years, I can say that for me, if I want to be successful, if I am working with my heart and with and heart to to be successful, I would say that it is simplicity, well-being, love, family and community, and going beyond. I just be being successful going beyond leaving a legacy and and just talking about the successful the podcast. but a couple of days ago Adam Grant that, that I, I read a lot about Adam Grant, he shared something in in social media about success what, what is success and, and he was saying he was writing that the, I'm gonna read it, but that the most the most important measure of success is not a status, power or wealth. It is how much freedom you have and how much freedom you give. So freedom. At at the end, I I have had freedom. I have had resources and, and, and things that I can share with others. So it is my call to to share and just to give freedom in that way to others. And and that's how I define success today. I want to use my resources to help others gain that right. And I think
2: that's how I work for to be successful. Thank you for sharing that. I love that you have those guiding principles. I know that Carla does the same thing, having your values basically in front of you so that you can remind yourself on a day-to-day basis and kind of direction yourself with every action towards those values or guiding principles. So I'm, I'm curious if you were to... Talk to younger Aide 25 years ago, mm-hmm. and give her advice on life, and ask her how things are going. What would you say to younger Aide about your life now?
0: Wow, uh, I don't know. A couple of years ago, I was doing this like exercise, vi- visualizing, you know, an an encounter with Aide 25 years ago, or even 40 years ago, right? I'm 45 right now. And I was first hugging Aide. <laughs> that that's um, so, so just to reassuring to reassure her that everything is gonna be okay. Life has ups and downs and surprises, of course, but everything is gonna be okay. I would say that Aide, you are not alone. Aide, you are supported by many and you are loved. And that's how I feel today. I feel the love of many, and that—that that is my—I would say, like my biggest, um, yeah, source of energy. You know, my life has a mean—a meaning is meaningful because of the love that I feel, and I just feel that that call to share that love with with others in the work that I'm doing in Rosas Rojo. When I facilitate a workshop, when I am just leading a, a, a mentoring session, or maybe. Recording a podcast, so that's a way that I can also share the love that I, I think, I would say I did back then, that everything is gonna be okay, and you are so so
2: so much loved. So
0: that's that's beautiful for me.
2: Yeah, that is so beautiful. And I I think all of us kind of feel that we have such compassion for our younger selves. So you're like you don't know what you're going yes. to have to go through, but it will it will be okay and you're such a shining example of that so thank you for sharing.
1: Yeah, that's a really powerful question, Natalie. I'm so glad that you asked it. And just to plug in because that exercise of really thinking about yourself is creates a lot of compassion for yourself, which is something that we don't often have. We have a lot of compassion for others and we forget about ourselves. And it's actually a technique that I use in my coaching group programs where the women that I coach will will take a picture of them from the, when they were little, any age they can choose that, and really use that to remember how pure and how um, just how beautiful they are, you know. And I think that having that childhood version of, of oneself helps to trigger those emotions. So, I, what would you, what what wisdom would you share with um, with women that are at a point maybe. Where you were 25 years ago or women today that are just maybe feeling feeling a lack of freedom right using that definition that you talked about from adam grant that are feeling maybe stuck maybe they don't know what their definition of success is for themselves what wisdom would you would you share with them
0: hmm. well um pac- patience and 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 love uh i mean m- maybe if if you are like me i am not very patient. I just want things, you know, fast, and I'm very active, and but I sometimes I just need to to stop and being still, and that's difficult for me. I I and I, now I reflect that I if I if I wasn't still, maybe I don't know five years ago, six years ago, ten years ago, maybe I haven't been able to discover my guiding principles. Maybe I haven't been able to take decisions like quitting my old job and studying, uh, you know something from scratch or a nonprofit and in a country that it was like new for me but i just had to stop and 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 rest and sometimes sometimes we confuse rest with laziness you know like okay yes but i am not lazy i i, I just have to be in, in on the move just be patient i mean answers will come if you look for them but just being still it's gonna let us be aware of our bodies and also of our souls and hearts. Um, so that that's, uh, I would say, like something that I would share with other women that are looking for that definition of success. Of course, let, let's take care of ourselves. Um, that's also very important. When we are still, I think when, when I have been still, I can identify better what I need and I can... Uh, articulate better what I need to others because I just need to to let you know what I need and what I want. But I first I need to be, you know, still connecting my mi- mindfulness with mindfulness. And then I can just be able to take care of myself. And and I have, yes, I have read a lot about self care, but also I believe in community care. So one, once everything has started with a radically love for myself. I understand that. I, I love ideas so much that I take care of myself, but then I just need to share that. So I think just being still, taking care of ourselves, to be ready to take care of others, of our community, to pay attention to
1: also their needs. Yeah. And then on a more practical level, how do you incorporate that stillness into your daily life? Because I imagine you're very busy Mm -hmm. with running your organization and you have a daughter and a husband. And I mean, you're doing a lot. I've seen you in action. So I'm very curious how you bring that concept in a practical way into your daily life. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Carla. And
0: Well, first I follow you and then you inspire me with all the road adventures uh, to do something like that, right? I mean, so I I also believe that uh, work-life balance is a myth. So if I want to balance in one day, every single, you know, like, Yes, time for rest and time for pray and time for doing exercise, and then my work in Rosas Rojo. That's gonna be, that's not gonna be possible. So I just try to, to, to work with weeks or maybe a, a couple of weeks. So yes, sometimes I have two or three days very intense uh, about, you know, working with Rosas Rojo. Sometimes I have to work and I want to work over the weekends or at nights, but then I can just decide to have a different rhythm the the, the other two days, you know, so I'm going to just take a Thursday and Friday, uh, you know, with more, you know, with a different rhythm and paying more attention to myself and investing in my, in my exercises or or, I don't know, in in my food or in something, you know, in a book that I'm reading. So that, that's the first thing that I don't think in one day I can, I can have that balance. So I just prefer to talk about the rhythm in one or two weeks. And then I plan ahead so I can just see, yes, the rhythm right now, I don't like it, maybe. May, for example, was a crazy month, but I was craving June and July because I knew that the rhythm would be different. So um, I just, just making those, um, just planning ahead that I call it the weekly focusing uh, plan. I mean, every Friday for half an hour, I'm just, you know, thinking about the next week and every day. Before ending the day, I'm just thinking about the next week, how I want to that day to be. I know that there are emergencies, you know, things that I didn't plan and they are going to come up. And then I'll be, you know, with patience and compassion ready for that. And if today was not a very, you know, good day to to rest and being still, maybe, I mean, tomorrow, it's going to be a better day to do that. And so on, so on. So that's how I think, in the practical way, just to do it. We we have a a challenge this month in the virtual community that we have, and the challenge is about uh, descanso, like rest and relax with intention. So, and and many people are posting, like, I mean, what, what is something that is going to give you. Ground, ground. You can be ground. So there are sometimes it's just you know I'm gonna just see the sky and then the, the the clouds, or maybe I'm gonna just you know I don't know listen to the music that I like the most. I'm gonna take a shower and without interruptions, you know, and that's gonna be my time to relax. And so it doesn't have to be, I would say, quantity, but sometimes quality, and you you can have that, just paying attention to, to that, yeah.
1: I love that idea of rhythm because it takes away this idea of like every day you have to do it all. I agree. Work-life balance. Yes. There's no such thing, but the rhythm, it's almost like seasons, which can be like a week or a few days seasons with different rhythms. Um, and if you hear thunder, it's because there's a very bad thunderstorm suddenly coming. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which gives me that rest, that sense of rest and, and peace yes. that you talk about. Yes, I love that yes. that idea of planning in advance, thinking about the week ahead and, and really looking at the different rhythms and choosing the rhythm that you want for the next few days, knowing that the last few days was a rhythm that was perhaps hectic. Just creating that um, that variety, that diversity of, of rhythms is a, a beautiful thought. Aide, where can people learn more about Rosas Rojo? and get in touch with you and get involved. Yes. Thank you, Natalie and Carla. Uh, Just
0: follow Rosa Es Rojo. We are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, and Rosa Es Rojo. I mean, uh, uh, R-O-S-A-E-S-R-O-J-O. Rosa Es Rojo. We are in all the platforms Of course, you can just visit the website uh, www.rosasrojo.org and you you will find more information, ways to support our our mission, to volunteer uh, and to be in contact uh, with us. If you want to listen to the podcast, it's in Spanish, but maybe you have some Spanish uh, listeners and speakers. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, YouTube, and the podcast is called Supervive, which is a word that we, I would say in English, we invent invented because we sometimes we call it supervive. It's a new verb. It's not only survive, but we want to supervive. So we, we have that podcast and we would love just to have more listeners and more people who want to join this movement of resilience
1: and, and health. Yes. And we will post all those links including the link to the podcast, Supervive, and including maybe my episode, too, so people can yes. get an introduction. We do have some listeners that speak Spanish, so we'll definitely add that. I it was such a pleasure to learn more about the work that you do with Rosa Rojo, to learn more about your background and what led you to launch this organization, and just to learn more about your own principles for living. You know, around your inner mentor, I love that concept. The idea of having different um, rhythms. I mean, I learned so much. I so appreciate you spending time with us.
0: Uh, I'm so happy to be able to meet you, uh, Natalie Carla, again, and just to share with you. I mean, really, I every time that I have the opportunity to talk. Uh, to you and to learn from you. My heart is bigger and and I really appreciate this opportunity with both
2: of you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Aide. It's been so nice to meet you.
0: Thank
1: you, Natalie. And thank you, Carla. Thank you so much. And thank you for being our final guest for season one. Yeah. It has been an amazing experience like we were talking about earlier. And one thing that I want to mention before we sign off is Natalie and I are going to be taking some time off from recording and from uh, posting episodes, but we're going to be using that time to still engage with our community on Instagram and the various channels we use. And we're also going to be using that time to learn from season one so we can create a season two that's even more impactful and has an even broader and impactful reach. And so one of the things that we're going to be doing is we're going to be re- reaching out to uh, to some of our listeners, perhaps some of our guests too, to just ask, you know, what could we What what, what are we doing well? What could we be doing better to spread messages of of resilience, messages of strength, of challenging that imposter syndrome, which is a very common theme, and, and really promoting this idea of choosing your definition of success and going after it. So some of you might be hearing from us over the next few weeks and please if you have any feedback if we don't reach out to you still we want to hear from you you can reach out to us on our instagram account at successful the pod or on our website successfulthepodcast.com, or and our email is successful the Podcast at gmail.com so if there's any feedback any ideas any guests that you would like us to have in season two please send us a note. We really want to learn from this season one so we can create a super season two.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, congratulations. Wow. Thank Thank you. you. And we'll be around. You guys will see us on Instagram, on the social media, so we're not going away. We'll still be around.
1: (laughs) Yes, and we'll be... Launching season two later this year, 2022. So stay tuned. Launch date will be announced later this summer. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Successful. If you liked what you heard, give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Successful The Pod. See you next time.